DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to talk college football with Kyle Whittingham, the head coach of the Utes. Kyle, good morning. Good morning, guys. I am curious, since I don't want to look back at the NFL draft, I want to look ahead to next year's draft. And people are already putting out stuff saying there are going to be at least 10, maybe a dozen Utes drafted. Do you have that many NFL guys? I mean, obviously, a lot of guys came back for one more year. Do you have that many NFL guys in your roster? Uh, you know, I haven't sat down and done a count, a head count of that, but I would say that uh, we're going to have a, a solid draft, whether it gets that high. Uh, I'd have to look through all the names, but uh, we've got some good players coming back, and we certainly had uh, a bunch of guys come back this year that would have been drafted in this draft had they opted not to, you know, come back and and uh, come out uh, this year. But but uh, I got a roster right here in front of me. Let me tell you right now: one, two, three, four, uh, you know, seven, eight at least. I would think that'd be probably just an early in the, uh, early guess somewhere in that main range. So it's obvious you know, your program has had no shortage of NFL talent. You've been open and speaking about that since you've gone in the Pac-12. It's got you into doors that you hadn't been in, and that has led to a number of NFL talent. My question for you is in this draft that's going on right now, we've seen a number of Utah kids that are obviously from the state, played high school ball here, but did not stay local and are going into the NFL. So it's become easier to get into doors. But how much harder has it been to maintain this high-level talent since the word is out, hey, let's go to Utah and recruit because they got pretty good high school football there? Yeah, we've got very good high school football here, and, and that's uh, been evident for, for a lot of years now. And it's it's doing nothing but getting better every single year. Um, when I first got to Utah forever ago, uh, you know, back in the 90s, there may be four or five uh, collegiate caliber players in the state of Utah. Now that, you know, some years we're upwards of 30-plus guys. And so, uh, you know, there's a, there's a ton of talent in this state. The high school coaches in the state are, are doing a great job developing that talent. And uh, it's, it's you know, the, the word is out, as you said. I mean, there's there's uh, certainly the Pac-12 comes in here and, and uh, you know, tries to take people out. And then, uh, you know, we've got even, you know, the SEC coming in here. And so it's it's no secret anymore. And uh, it's a, you know, a highly recruited area for uh, for a lot of the Power Five conferences. I am sure you've had to deal with some negative recruiting when it's time to get quarterbacks or receivers. And, you know, their narrative has been thrown out by opposing assistant coaches or head coaches. Hey, they don't, why would you go there? They don't throw the ball. Kyle loves the ground and pound, run the ball to win and all that. Why would you go there? Do you think the passing game this year has the chance, especially with, you know, Brewer, has the chance to change that narrative and, and make those words really ring hollow, even if people want to repeat them? Well, you know, first of all, uh, you know, when you go back to the last two full seasons, 18 and 19, we threw for over 3,000 yards in both those seasons. And, uh, in fact, in 19, had the highest completion percentage in yards per attempt uh, of anyone in the Pac-12. And so I think that's a little bit overblown. Um, we have had some terrific running backs come through here. And I think the bottom line for us is you play to your strengths and whatever, you know, you, you take 
tailor things to, to your personnel, and and we've had a good run of a really good run of running backs, and and uh, so we've you know we've tried to feature those guys, but but uh, going into this year to answer your question as far as uh, our ability to throw the football, I think it's going to be you know a, a, a year where uh, that may be one of our strengths, and so we'll have to see what happens. But but uh, you know Charlie looked really good in spring, and we got Cam rising that'll be uh, thrown into the mix this fall, and so we really don't pay attention. I guess the, the short version is, or the short answer, we don't pay attention much to what other people are saying. We just try to get the best players in here that we possibly can, and then, uh, like I said, uh, tailor things to, to what they do best and, and go from there. So you've been open about getting a receiver, possibly even more than one, through the transfer portal. How is that going? Going good. Going good, and the portal is, is saturated right now with players. There's 4,500-plus uh, football players in the portal now for Power 5 or, or uh, Division One FBS. I think that number goes down to, to uh, you know, 2,000 or something like that. So it's it's uh, not, you know, as big a pool as, as, as uh, it might sound like it, uh, at first blush. But but uh, we're searching the portal every day and evaluating, and as is everyone in the country. I mean, it's no, uh, you know, it's nothing that we're, uh, doing and that everyone else isn't doing. I mean, it's something that is here to stay. It's free agency in college football is what it is, and that's that's exactly what it uh, has evolved to. And so, we've got our eye to the portal every day, and and uh, we're uh, you know evaluating everybody that comes into the portal every day that is of a, of a position that that uh, is of interest to us. And and uh, we feel like right now we're uh, going to stick with that plan. You know, one or two receivers that will add to the program and and. Uh, that we still got uh, time on our hands. You know, it's only or time on our side, I should say. It's uh, you know not even May yet, so we have two or three months to to continue to search. And and it, it becomes kind of a, a strategic thing. You know, you got a guy you may like, but you know, do you, you know if you wait and be patient, you're going to find a guy you like better. And so it's it's there's a strategy to it, and you got to you know hope for the hope you make the right decisions. But uh, right now, we think we're in, in a good place, even though we uh, <clears throat> haven't officially. Announced Announced anybody yet? We think that uh, you know in the next uh, thirty to sixty days we'll we'll come away with a receiver or two that we really like. The portal is relatively new and it really seems to be picking up speed. So, do you ever see a name in the portal and think, "Man, I wasn't planning on using a scholarship on a guy at that position, but we got to go get that guy," or are people of that caliber not going into the portal? I think the latter, more so the latter. I think that uh, you know the uh, the. Uh, portal is mainly, you know, a lot of the guys in the portal are, are guys that uh, are not the number one guy at their position in the, for example, wide receiver. You know, if you're not the number one guy in your, in your program and you think you should be and someone else is getting the majority of the touches, well, then, you you know, you think you may move on. But, but typically the, you know, the top tier caliber guys uh, stay situated and stay put for the most part. Now, there's exceptions to that, obviously, but as a general rule, I think that uh, most of them stay put. Anybody after spring ball from your program go into the portal? Not yet, you know, but uh, you never know. We had our exit interviews last week, and I met with all 130 guys, and that was a, a uh, daunting task. It took it took a lot of hours, but but uh, right now everybody is uh, in a good mindset, and and uh, you know, and indicated that they don't have any plans to to uh, move on at least at this point in time. But but that could change, and I would guess that by uh, you know by the time fall camp rolls around, we'll have had somebody leave. But we'll see what happens. 
You've built a solid program, obviously, over the years, but what about the sizzle, Kyle? Are you bringing Steve Smith back next year to catch a ball out of a helicopter to end spring practice? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good uh, ploy that uh, Arizona had going there. But uh, Losers. You know, we don't... <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true Sun Devil, yes, sir. Um, you know, I don't know. We're not. We're typically not a, a, a gimmick outfit and, and that type of thing. But but that was that was pretty uh, pretty in, uh, creative. And so uh, props to those guys. Even though PK, you know, is going to have a bad attitude about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think Steve would do it. Anything for fun. You know, it's such a business. It's such a grind. If you can figure out something to throw a little fun in there, we will forgive you the occasional gimmick. Absolutely. A little levity never hurts. Exactly. All right. Well, we'd love to keep you on the line and talk to you longer, but you literally have a bigger name on another line. Phil Steele coming up. We don't want to keep you from that. Okay. Well, I appreciate that, and I know he will, too. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Kyle. We appreciate a few minutes. Okay, guys. Take care. All right. There's Kyle Whittingham, who literally, as I look at the clock, has like 11 seconds to get on the phone with Phil Steele because Phil wants every second he can get too. Isn't it crazy in the offseason how popular guys are, PK? <laughs> it's the offseason. Uh, yeah, but if you uh, get an opportunity to get uh, some information, you're going to take advantage of it because guys have more time for interviews. Yeah. I mean, I used to get Majerus in the offseason. We would talk for an hour. Yep. Well, and uh, Phil will. I mean, he routinely yeah. tweets about that kind of stuff. Thanks to Coach for an hour and 15 minutes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I do think that uh, football, college football, is so huge that there is an offseason, we understand it, but you look at networks are televising spring games. Um, for some dumb reason, I watched the Alabama spring game the other day flicking around uh, just because it was on and there was nothing else. Obviously, it was a taped uh, version of it. It wasn't the live version. So college football is so, so gigantic in this country that it never lacks for interest. And as Yogi Roth has said, my wife was listening to him call a game once. I think it was the first game of the season. And I'm at the stadium. He's in the booth right next to me, but I can't hear him. She's texting me. This guy, this analyst, man, he's talking about how he loves Salt Lake because it's football crazy. And I've told you that Pac-12 people have told me that when I've been out on the road that they said we absolutely love Utah because they're obviously a good program. But the attention and the interest that is there is something that, of course, everybody wants. And they have it here, which I think is a massive, massive benefit to Utah in its recruiting because kids want to go where it matters. You come here, it matters. There's no question it matters. And they've been able to get a number of guys in the NFL that way that they wouldn't have gotten before. Then Pac-12, they care. The program's in a good spot. I do think they need to do better as far as keeping top-end talent in the state. Now, it's not unique to Utah. It's around the conference, really. I mean, you look at it, it doesn't matter where you are. It's around the conference. And it just, for some reason, it stings a little bit more here in Utah because we're a smaller state, at least smaller population-wise. And so we can count the kids, the Sewells and Wilson, uh, Fajoko, and and the list goes on. I would need a list to name all the kids. And I think it's an issue. It's not particular to Utah, but it's an issue for all these programs that are pretty good programs but want to take the next step. 
Yeah, when you see guys going top 10 and they weren't at your school, how can that not sting? You know, some of it you can rationalize away. Hey, we can only take so many guys at that position. I think if Utah loses a defensive lineman out of state, it doesn't sting that bad because, honestly, they look like they're always too deep and sometimes three deep. And so if you're going to have another guy to plug in, well, okay. But if it's a kind of talent that is first-round NFL draft talent, that that leaves uh, a mark. I don't think it has to be just first round. Uh, I mean, NFL guys that are in state, you're expected to get them. You've got everything that you need and that they need, and I believe you're expected to get them. And it's a blow. It becomes that uh, because not only that, then is that if he's an NFL guy and he goes to Oregon, and it becomes he comes back to the community because a lot of the people come Haloti Nada lives in our community yep. comes back and they talk hey a Utah kid eh, go call this guy he lives in your state he can tell you all about it and so it's it steamrolls it clearly does because Stanford is make a living off of recruiting return missionaries and yeah, you you want to know how we handle missionaries talk to this guy Talk to these guys. <laughs> and, yeah, right. And, and, uh, and they'll tell you, man, I just loved it over there. It was absolutely brilliant. I mean, they don't have the passion of Stanford football, but uh, everything else, education, blah, 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 the place where you live because you're not – you don't have to pay to live there and buy a house. You're on campus or renting or what have you, and it's a dynamic place to live. And, it's, and it feeds off of itself. And you want to cut that off as much as you can. That's why they put that stuff, the hometown heroes, in the billboards and all. They're trying to sell it to those guys. So I, I disagree. I think it's a blow to your program, and it's something you have to be aware of. Now, Utah has been able to overcome it, but the Sun Devils haven't. They have not been able to overcome it. And we'll see down the line uh, partic- in Southern California how it works. Uh, you know, you're going to have starting quarterbacks at Clemson and Alabama most likely uh, from being from Southern California, well, that I, I just think I just think it hurts, man, and it, it's unfortunate. But I mean, I don't knock the kid. It's unfortunate from the school perspective, uh, and I and I believe that you know Trevor Riley. I've talked to him about it, and he's of the who's the Ben Cahoon gotten some controversy a few years back when he was recruiting for BYU. Don't go to Stanford. Uh, then you come back here and nobody really knows you as much. Whereas if you come back, if you stay here and go here and come back here, then you're a big celebrity. So, And you can feed not just a celebrity, but you can actually benefit financially from that. So they got to get on it, but they've got a really good program. And that's all that matters. And they're going to be in contention for the South. I really believe that. I don't know who's going to win, but I believe they're going to be in contention. And that's what matters the most. Do you think Brewer throws the ball away? well enough and they win enough and pile up enough yards and all that to knock down the hey don't go to Utah they don't throw the ball storyline I mean Kyle clearly is already combating that he had an answer ready and it's because he's given it before he's heard that I know he has and and he had the answer ready so quickly he had those stats available immediately yeah I think they can combat it but it's up to the individual you know what what is the individual thinking? Because they've got this freshman in there from Southern California now. The Tuttle wasn't a – it didn't work, obviously. But they got this kid here. And Troy Williams was an unusual situation with the transfers. Travis Wilson they got. 
so what they need, what they're looking for, is a big-time stud. But even if you get a big-time stud who goes riding into the NFL, uh, that doesn't mean you're going to get the next one or the next one because they had Alex Smith was the number one pick. You couldn't go higher than that. Right. And it's not like they rolled out a ton of guys after that. So it's up to the individual. And, and Costelli, what is he going to show? You know, I can say, well, sure, he came here because maybe he didn't think he could beat out the competition there, wherever there might have been. So I don't know. You know, they missed out on Jaden Daniels because they had Tyler Huntley, and the kid knew I could play as a freshman. And what's the difference? Uh, well, really, if I'm going to go out of state, what's the difference if I go to Utah or ASU? Not really a whole lot of difference. In fact, ASU is closer to his uh, family in the Inland Empire area. But I think it was about playing time and opportunity. So certainly Brewer, if he does what he does, helps. But I don't think it's going to open the floodgates. I think it's an individual decision that these guys make. And you just have to stay after it every day. I think it helps for running backs, for sure. Absolutely it helps for running backs. And it helps for the positions that they recruit professional guys to. And that's interior line and defense and running backs. Which, man, you're you're covering just about all your football team at that point. If the passing game gets on track, look out! Yeah, but at what expense? You know, the passing game there for SC is all that now, but the running game isn't. Well, you're gonna have, you're gonna have everything, yeah, and I think their line. Well, yeah, yeah, that makes you. Alabama Who has everything? And, Alabama and Clemson, and you're never gonna be Alabama and Clemson. That's exactly. <laughs> I, I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, I think it. I think at SC, the problem everyone writes about is the line play. You know that they have great skill position guys, but they don't dominate the trenches the way they used to. So, and, and I think that's more normal. You know, and there are plenty of people who tell you, yeah, if you're gonna dominate at every position, you probably have to cheat. Everybody thinks the SEC is cheating. Nobody really wants to come out and say it, but everybody thinks the SEC is cheating. Uh, If you call breaking a rule cheating or bending a rule cheating, if you call, you know, academic fraud. So cheating has a wide spectrum. Absolutely. (laughs) And a a text outside the time period when you're supposed to be contacting, in my mind, that's one thing, you know, cash and cars and did this player get a hundred grand or whatever. I mean, some of the allegations are massive. Oh, they're getting cash. They're getting money one way or the other. And if you don't think so, you're naive. But and that's the way of the world, man. <laughs> so start start paying. <laughs> start figuring out ways to get them money. Make it yeah, is is it prostitution? And we need to make it legal. <laughs> is that what that's what it's boiled down to? Because it's going to happen either way. <laughs> Name, image, and likeness that will legalize the flow of money. It won't stop the illegal quote illegal flow of money but it'll legalize a lot i I hesitate i hesitate to use the word legal because legal 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 right it's not a law thing but yes Uh, well i mean it doesn't sound like a law thing and then all of a sudden there's a wiretap on a basketball coach who never considered it illegal i mean he knew it was against the ncaa rules but he i mean i gotta i gotta think that those coaches you know i I can't even name all the schools that got hit but arizona and usc because i remember the pac-12 schools I bet those coaches didn't think, hey, I might get in trouble with the NCAA, but they never thought they were going to get in trouble with the FBI. (laughs) I just don't think they thought that. I don't think that was on their radar. Yeah, because who would do that? Right. And then all of a sudden, surprise. Yeah, right. And they paid a dear price for that. Yep. So uh, bottom line is that Utah's it's probably going to continue to be who it is, and they're going to have to battle that. But I think they have more things that work in their favor 
as opposed to things that they have to overcome. Yeah, and I think the the passion of the fans is just uh, it's just a huge positive. And you can talk to the people who do the recruiting, and they'll tell you that Utah and Oregon have an advantage over the rest of the league. For a kid who goes to one of those games for the first time, one of those out-of-state kids, right? And if, if any of the other 10 schools are recruiting them, it feels different on the sidelines or in the stands at a Utah-Oregon game than it does anywhere else unless, you know, USC's playing Notre Dame and the place is sold out. Well, unless you're winning, though. But I, I think you can get it. You can get it in Tucson and Tempe and the, and the Rose Bowl if you're winning. I believe you can get it if you're winning. And All right, got to D- find ways to win. DJ and PK, we will leave it right there for now. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.